super, super, super Janet Lee. Wow. Songs of the Seasons. Those are old-time favorite songs. And they have a pure, pure word and sound to them in some cases. So thank you again. That was great. And hello, everybody. Here we are. Analog with Angels, Part 16. Today is Sunday, October 20th, 2013. So, as we get into this message, this Word of God, we are being obedient to the instructions of God to let you know that every word of this message will be imbued with healing. And today, the focus is to heal by eradication of the spirit of anger. That as this word is ministered and this message enters into the ears and the minds of the people, that they who are often in turmoil because of a spirit of anger, that God will heal that by eradication of it. Blessed be the name of God. May a thousand points of blue shifts be with you as God is moving by his spirit. Praise God. Now there's so many things that we talked about that we wanted to cover. We talked about the casting uh, of the tares into suspension. We know that in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus taught about how that the kingdom of heaven was likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto this. And while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, there appeared the tares also. Then Jesus interprets this. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked. The enemy, the enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. And therefore, the tares are gathered and burned in the fire. So shall it be at the end of the world. We've learned as we've gotten into this revelation of the of the zitzit, which is a revelation of the ziths and many other things, that in the the formulation and putting together from the spirit of revelation that was received by David and passed on to his son Solomon. And no doubt Solomon received some revelation of his own that as he built the temple of the Lord with these pillars at the front and all the meaning that they had with the bells and, and being symbolically represented and 
the pomegranates being symbolically represented, that there was also revealed uh, the lattice, that the lattice is described in, with various terms, like grids. Jesus one time described the lattice by saying the kingdom of God was like a net, which is with all the horizontal and vertical crossings, gives that, that meaning and that definition of, of what a lattice could be like. And while that is only a physiological determination and a symbolic determination, there is the real aspect, <clears throat> how that a lattice is affected both in the physical and the spiritual of a person when they are moving into the right areas with the Spirit and by the Spirit. Praise be the name of God. Praise God. And so, as we, we think about this thing of the, of the casting the, the tares into suspension, we know that every human being on this planet has in them, in their genetics, this poison of the tares, which is a kind of genetic transfer. And we realize that the tares were not to be pulled out of the field until the end of the world, at least, at least while pulling out the tares, you pulled out some of the wheat. So we, understanding that, have also understood how the th a suspension can be created with a lattice so that the lattice is made to become a fixed grid And the aspects of this tear, infiltration, and invasion to we humans can be put in suspension so that the effect of the tears is not dominant upon we humans and mortals. We discovered that the bells are an incredible revelation. We discovered that they have tonation, sonance, in which they can actually speak voices like voices of angels, voices of the Lord, voice words of the Lord. And we know that while there is both a literal and a figurative aspect of this, the realism of it is far beyond virtual reality. That can also be said of the pomegranates and their aromas that the saints of God who have attuned themselves 
to the revelation can smell the whole of their scent and can detect the array of their colors. The revelation of the pomegranate is no small thing. We promised we would talk about the mantle of Elijah. We know in 2 Kings 2, 11 through 4, that Elijah and Elisha were standing together posed in a particular place outside in the open. Elijah had tried to persuade Elisha to go off into one of the towns and gave him various reasons. But Elisha, as well as many of the prophets, something like about 50 of them, knew and understood that the ascent and transcendence of Elijah was due at any time. Eli of Elijah was due at any time. And Elisha was not going to leave Elijah for anything because he had asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And Elijah said to Elisha, if you can see me when I go, then you can have this desire to come true. Well, the Bible says that this experience, this experience happened. And when the chariot of fire comes down and Elisha sees it and he cries out, my father, my father. And the chariot of God and the horsemen thereof it becomes clear because the Bible says that the, the event of the chariot as it swooped down and as it, it sucked up Elijah into its throne room that just before entering into the ship the mantle that he was wearing fell off and back down to the ground and we know that Elisha picked up the mantle after he saw that his his father he called him Elijah had ascended and then he went over to the river that they were nearby and struck it with the mantle and said where is the God of Elijah and the elements understood and the river parted what kind of of outfit was this mantle well, there is one thing that we do know. We know that Elijah was a scholar. He often quoted scriptures. He knew the word of the Torah 
by the Spirit. He knew the ordinances and the laws. He would have known the scripture in Deuteronomy 22 that says, Thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts, as of woolen or linen together. Verse 12. Thou shalt make thee, thou shalt make thee, fringes upon the four quarters of thy vesture wherein thou coverest thyself. Elijah would have known this. This, this is not a simple little request. This is not, hey, if you feel like it. Hey, if you ever get around to it. Or if you would like to dress this way. This was like a commandment. Thou shall make the fringes upon the four quarters of thy vesture, wherewith thou coverest thyself. There is no doubt or question in my mind that Elijah would have known this and that his mantle was like a cloak that he wore over himself and that it had fringes on it. And perhaps he had other clothes, like something that was girded about his, his thigh, but it would have also had fringes upon it. And note in this scripture, Deuteronomy 22, verse 12, Thou shalt make thee fringes upon the four quarters. That is so important. These are often called corners. And, and that is all right for you know, words to have certain substitution. But sometimes in substitution, you lose a prime meaning. And quarter is a very important word because it takes this cloak, no doubt rectangular, and it divides the four ends of it, which you could call corners, but into an equation that is mathematical when he said quarters. Because if you're saying one, two, three, four, and each corner is, is a quarter, then we know that's one-fourth, 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 and all four corners make up one whole cloak or prayer shawl. And we know that in the making of the shawl, that it is no major, or pardon me, no minor thing, but it's a major thing as to how the fringe were made. Each quarter or corner had a fringe, and each fringe consisted of eight strings. And you could call that other names that give you the idea of, of a string. And I'm sure we'll be mentioning some of those later if we get the time. But there's more to it than just saying eight. 
And of course, that's eight in every corner or quarter. Eight. But then those eight were made out of sets. So that there was there were sets of two. So if you took two sets of two, that would give you four. If you took four sets of two, that would give you eight. So those eight were made of four sets of two, and the, the, the two were looped. And so this whole thing in Revelation of the loop is dynamically important if we had the time to get into a little bit of math. Because after all, it is set in math the minute that it said corner, or quarter, rather, quarter. That puts it into a fraction. And then when you put these into a loop, it's reminiscent of some of the things that, that go back into the book of Exodus when it's talking about they were making the, the temporal tabernacle for the Holy of Holies that they would have to carry along as they went. And so this thing of the of the zitzit, T-Z-I-T-Z-I-T, which is actually an abbreviation of several different other words that has a whole meaning. And if you were going to use gematria, which is the value of those letters on words, it would add up to 600 points. Then, if you go on with this thing about this garment with the fringes, or if it's a prayer shawl, it's spelled T-A-L-L-I-T, and the I is pronounced like two E's. Talit, Talit, Talit. And so this Revelation of the, of the fringes would be the same whether it was on the prayer shawl, the cloak, or on another garment. Now we read to you a while back of some of the garments and in particularly um, we we read and discussed, you know, some of the very spiritual type garments worn by the priest. And, and they were made with, with the, uh, with the, with the, with the, the, the fringes on them. So it, it was major, it was not minor revelation. It, it it was, you know, wearing on the the bottom part of the of the 
robe of the priest. Um, in Exodus 28, 31, it talks about, Thou shalt make the robe of the ephod of blue. There shall be a hole in the top, in the midst thereof, and it shall have a binding of woven work around about the whole of it. Now they also have this binding around the whole of these what we call shahs, prayer shahs. And the binding around those prayer shahs is also of blue. And the name of that binding literally means crown. So in addition to the the robe having this special kind of a crown and the talit having this special kind of a crown, sometimes I'll just call it talit, it is not some insignificant revelation. It is a revelation of something quite incredible. Further, we have the revelation. As we get into this, And this is important, of how each of those eight, uh, eight strings or strands or tassels have one of the strands or one of the strings that is considerably longer than the others. And that particular strand is used to wind around That particular group of fringe, the first one is wound seven times. There are all these different times, or different, yes, different um, number of windings that each of these different quarters of the of the robe or of the the talith have and if you were to look at this and begin to consider okay we have the pomegranate with all these seeds and the interpreters of the Torah claim that in addition to the Ten Commandments, <clears throat> there are a lot, of, a lot of other statutes that are also considered commandments, and the total of them is 613. 
And then if you were to go back in, in this thing with the fringes and this extra long string, and how one corner is wound seven times, another corner would be like wound say 13 times. And so forth. Like seven windings on the first one, eight windings on the second one, 11 windings on the third one, and 13 windings on the fourth quarter, which would total to 39. <coughs> now if you take and you add thirty-nine and 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 six thirteen, we're getting a hefty number. That ends up giving you 652. So someone might say, well, what are you, you getting at? Well, 652 is only 14 numbers away from 666. And there's important things that have not been counted yet. Like in every one of these ziffs, or zit zits, T Z I T Z I T, abbreviation for a much longer name. which has a number value which is quite important and extensive. And then every one of these fringes has a blue line like of a thread that also comes into each corner. And this blue is very significant. Even the scholars, the Jewish scholars, and the rabbis recognize that it's not only for a message involved in representing symbolically things like the sea, the sky, and heaven, but the whole conglomerate of the whole cloth, the whole garment, is to have a reminder effect on people so that they can remember and not forget the commandments of God. And 
these scholars and rabbi have been studying for generations to try to understand what the divine aspect of those ordinances and laws meant. And they even say that two of the laws that were given in the Ten Commandments, the first and second, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, two, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, were given and spoken by the mouth of God, but the rest of the laws that were written were not spoken by the mouth of God. And that in itself is a great revelation. And we've taught on that subject. But what about all of the things that are to be revealed? All the things that are still there that people have not discovered? Like the crown that is around these. I mean, the crown, can you believe it? There's a crown around both the robe and about around the headpiece where your head fits through the robe and where it fits through the prayer shawl. That's called a crown. And that has a certain value. And the colors have certain values. Where are we headed? You are going to absolutely be flip-nutted. You are going to be so amazed by the time we get through all this, if I'm able to get through all this today. And when I say flip-nutted, I don't mean that you're cracked in the head. I'm just introducing you to, to nuts, which are some of the most vitamin-available an element, mineral available foods of the world. And Solomon wrote about going down into the garden and, and feasting on the, the fruit nuts. And he tied it into a divine event. And all of this we're talk, talking about based on what was what was the mantle of Elijah and showing that he would have known the law, the, the commandment, thou shalt make thee fringes upon the four quarters of thy vesture, wherewith with thou coverest thyself. He would have known that and he would have been wearing that. Interestingly, that the event of it coming down and passing on to the next man of God that was to take and be operate in the double uh, uh, spirit portion of the ministry of Elijah, that it was to come down from a zith called a chariot of God a fiery zith, 
and the horsemen thereof. It's all about this thing that, for instance, <laughs> the interpretation I've been preaching and teaching you about how that the fringes can actually mean wings. There's a scripture for that. I read it to you in the past. Now we're talking about the wings of God, the wings of the angels. Not in the sense of a bird wing, but in the sense of the angels flying to the skies of blue to preach the everlasting gospel of the Lord. That's all there. That's all presented in this story of Elijah. And was the power and the emblem. Indiv indivisible and full of glory that engined him to be who he was on earth. Well, I want to tell you, there is, a, there is another symbolic thing that has incredible spirituality. And it's about Jesus on the white horse. But we're going to stop right there before we say any more and take a, a break as Janet Lee plays.
Well, thank you again, Janet Lee. Absolutely. As the song would say, supercalifragilisticexpialidosis. <laughs> Someone say, oh, that's not a sacred thing. Oh, is that right? You are so involved in the sacred things that you can't eat any physical food that's not mentioned in the Bible? You can't talk about anything that's not mentioned in the Bible? God have mercy on you and sweep you out of your your um, messed up place that's stuck among a web of spiders. Ah. All right. Here we go. Onward and upward. Yes. There's um, four directions that are given, which we call compass directions. C-O-M-P-A-S-S. And that would be north, south, east, west. But there's two other directions. And we'll talk more about them someday, but that those other two directions would be up and down. Well, we left off about the white horse and how that this white horse has a lot more said about it than people realize. And Jesus Christ is riding this white horse, and he has on himself a vesture. No doubt that this vesture has something to do with the zizit, or the, the fringes. Or there'd be no need to mention the vesture. And when you read many of the different scriptures that are available, it is absolutely amazing that a person may discover that, that this white horse is not a literal white horse. That this white horse is representing, just like the chariot of, of, that took up Elijah, a spacecraft, a chariot of fire with his crew members. And we are talking the same thing here when it talks about Jesus riding this white horse. We are talking a continuation of the last chapter of Luke. Wow! Because in the last chapter of Luke, Luke 24, verse 50, and he led them out, Jesus is talking about, as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried, carried, C-A-R-R-I-E-D, up into heaven. That doesn't sound like what some people tried to make it, like a spirit shooting across space. He was carried. 
he was parted, just like this thing with Elijah and Elisha, where it says that a chariot of fire came down and parted Elijah and Elisha. And Elisha, Elijah went up by a whirlwind. Wow. <laughs> and he was carried away. This is the norm. This is the mythology. The spiritual ramp. The staircase, ascending and descending. Why would they need a staircase for angels to ascend and descend? Why didn't they just plop, plop down as a spirit and plop up? Because that's not the way that God chose it to be. The Bible says the things of the heavens are depicted by physical forms and physical patterns of earthly things. And Paul described in Hebrews how that even the deepest spiritual things, that there were more sacred items that were physical that were put in patterns. And, and David says, I receive by the Spirit all of these sacred Measurements and weights. I receive by the Spirit all these sacred measurements and weights. But what he received by the Spirit was about physical symbolic things that were to represent spiritually invisible things. But spiritually invisible things belong to the first domain where it says that there is that flesh and blood cannot enter into and that in that first domain heaven of heavens angels neither marry nor are given in marriage and there's not male nor female it's a spiritual infinity but we are now living in the physical infinity you get the picture folks I hope that you do. Blessed be the name of God. And so Jesus was carried up. <laughs> well, Jesus is riding a white horse. It's, it is a, a craft, a zith type of craft. And the reason is described as a white horse is because it is engine-powered by dromaton energy. That's energy of the first domain. With this dromaton energy, You could be across the universe in a twinkling of the eye. And that's what Jesus... And there's this dome, bell-like shape, dome, that's transparent. 
And the Bible describes it in several different places. And it pictures Jesus on the throne. The throne is also described by Scripture as, as being having a, a, a canopy, a transparent canopy. Wow. I hope you're listening to this deeply. This transparent canopy, canopy, which on the prayer shawl is called a tara, A-T-A-R-A-H. Wow. This revelation is about the king and about the crown of the king and about the white horse craft, spacecraft, and the domatron or domaton, D-O-M-A-T-O-N or D-O-M-A-T-R-O-N, energy. Wow. I, I want you to get this message today because it's deep. It's deep. I want you to understand when I was saying earlier about Understanding the Torah, understanding the Bible, understanding the New Testament. That there's men of God that have studied on it for generations, from generation to generation. They're still looking for, for the meanings and understandings. In the Hebrew, you know, it's interesting how some of those things are described. The digest. D-A-G-E-S-T, digest. Now, there are different ways of pronouncing that. I use my own style. But this is called a bosom of a, of a letter or, and sometimes of a, of a word. For instance, vah, V-A-H, which we would call a word, but it's actually a letter. It has this bosom, and it creates inspiration and a doubling of the letter, which is part of what this bosom means. But there's a whole lot more to that, and its meaning, especially when you are in the understanding of the bosom of the Father, the bosom of Abraham, and the bosom of the, the, the ships, the ziths that are going to carry people away from destruction in that great, great, great day of the, of the coming future <coughs> is also in the Bible described as a bosom. And, and the Bible tells us and gives us the scriptures. I've read it to you many times in Exodus 24.10 through 11, where there's this 
like a paved work of sapphire. And they saw God up in the sky, Moses and 70 of the elders, sitting on a throne up there in this paved thing, like made out of sapphire. <laughs> oh, that was, that was God on his throne. And in Revelations 4, 1 through 3, you, you again have the throne of emerald and jasper. And Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 1, 22, this is all KJV, a throne and a pilot hold and the appearance of a man above the throne because the, the pilot hold is above the ship. It's on top, part of the ship, but it's, it's at the top part in that, that bell-like shape that's transparent. There's scriptures for this. This is the white horse ministry. And the message has been in the fringes. And Moses, who received this revelation of the fringes, no doubt received it when he was in physical correspondence to Yahweh or Yahweh-El and the 20,000 plus angels and their, their, their ziths that hovered over Mount Sinai. Which I have preached and preached and preached and ministered to you about. Praise the name of God. Which the Bible says to him that rideth upon the heaven of heavens, which were of old, lo, he doth send out his voice and his mighty voice. Psalms 68, 33. Psalms 68, 17. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them as in Sinai, the holy place. Scriptures and scriptures and scriptures upon scriptures. More and more and more. Just incredible. Some people say, I, I, just, I just can't understand why something like this hasn't been preached before. Well, the Bible says there's a time for everything under the sun. The Bible tells us there's going to be changes. And as we're beginning to get, get into this pomegranate revelation and these golden bill revelations and the fringes, we know that there is time to work and to go forth with this ministry because the Bible tells us in Genesis 8.22 that summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest, cold and heat.
So God has a plan. And his plan is not going to be set aside. Blessed be the name of God. We can look in Hebrews, in the Strong's Concordance, number 3678. Kisse speaks of a covered, canopied throne, which is beyond doubt a seat, a throne, a pilot hold. And it comes from the Hebrew number 3680, which means to cover, to conceal. Wow. And in 3678, it reveals it as being the word throne. And I've shared with you these other scriptures. And right now, as explained in Ezekiel 124, there is a noise of wings. <laughs> and wings, we understand, are wheels. But there's also an understanding of how with this loop that we find in these fringes, there is a meaning of wheels. There's a special voice of speech happening in this noise of the, of the wings. And it is now a noise because it is waiting upon being manifested and being made revelatory to God's people. For we understand Colossians 1.16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominion, dominions, principalities, or power. There is a rattling of the wheels. For God is moving by his Spirit. And we see how that in Revelations 9, 9 and 17, it talks about breastplates of fire and iron. We understand this revelation then, as it's talking about 9, 9, and 18, 9, Revelations 9, 9, and Revelations 18, 9, 13, Revelations 9, uh, 7, and 9, and 17, that is talking about the sound of their wings, the sound of many chariots. The horses and engines The pilots, the pie of the circle, the wheels. Although these descriptions are talking about some of them, the Zams, which belong to the forces of darkness, we nevertheless can see that there is always a counterpart, where Satan always has a counterpart that he tries in every sense to copy and to make as good, if not better, than those things that belong to God. 
So we see that these breastplates, which are given as it reveals scorpions and, and wings and so forth, that these breastplates are of fire and iron, that there is a literal element to these machines because that they are are literal. The revelation of the Nephilim, the Anakim, the Rephim, the Eman, the Zamzumans, and the Zuzi are beginning to be more and more revealed. And darkness is melting in the white light of revelation. Blessed be the name of the living God. If some of you people get a chance, there's a teaching that I have done called the Queen of Darkness. And there are several different parts to it. You should look at some of those teachings of the Queen of Darkness because there's a lot in that that will help you now as we are doing this study. We understand, we realize that God has spoken in the book of Revelations and he has told us something that we should not take lightly. We are told something that should not be taken lightly. Now let's just read a couple things here in the book of Revelations. I have so much to cover here. I, I just want to keep going here. I don't want to miss getting some of these points out. In the book of Revelations, it talks about a dragon, a beast. We say dragon because the Bible says in the 13th chapter in the second verse that the dragon gave his power and his seat and great authority to this beast. So this beast was energized by Satan or by the dragon. The world wandered after the beast, verse 3, verse 4 of chapter 13. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto this beast who is able to make war with him? We see the purpose of this beast in that verse. Then it goes on and on, and it comes down to this verse 17. Prior to that, it has talked about that there was needing to have been made an image to the beast, which had the wound by the sword and did live. Verse 17, And no man might buy, sell, or save if he doesn't have the mark or the name or the number of his name of the beast. 
And then here is wisdom. Here is wisdom. No man might buy or sell. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. What is the Bible telling God's people? Well, the Bible is saying that this is what wisdom is. And if you are, are to claim that you have wisdom, If you are to claim that you have wisdom and understanding, then the Bible says, here's what we want you to do. We want you to count the number of the beast. How many people are bothering to do that? How many people are bothering to count the number of the beast? Now that's the question of the ages. That's the question of time. The time of right now. Does God want you to be able to count the number of the beast? Of course he does. Why? Preposition. For. Meaning because. It's the number of a man. And his number is six hundred three score and six. Now, most people don't realize that that number is a fraction. They don't realize that. And that it is a triangular number. Why is it a fraction? Well, because it is dealing with man. Mankind, like man, even the word man can mean more than one person. There are times when it, when it is described, man has done this, or man has done that. And it's talking about mankind. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a singular plural. Well, we know that when we read... In Revelations 5.11, it talks about the number of the angels. And it describes it in different factors. And we've preached on this Lots. And you can also find it written in the Seven Thunders Speak, Manifest Chronicles book, page 145. Page 144 is quite interesting, too, where it gives a list of all the different kinds of angels and groups. One flash equals one angel. 
One link is ten angels. One cell is a hundred angels. One dorm is a thousand angels. One legion is ten thousand angels. One host is a hundred thousand angels. One troll is ten million angels. And an alpha wheel is one hundred billion angels. And a biome wheel is one million million, one thousand billion, or a trillion angels. So the biome angels, or the biome wheel, represents a trillion angels, which is described in Revelations 5.11. And it gives all these different factors. Factor one, the thousands of the ten thousands. Factor two, the thousands of the hundred million. Step three, factor one and factor two multiply to equal one trillion. Ten, four, ten with a super four, times ten with a super eight, producing ten twelve, and producing Therefore, the number of the Ophanim angels, one trillion angels. So when we're looking at this number 666, we are looking at a fraction because we are talking about 666 thousand billion being the number. And 666,000 billion is a fraction of a trillion because it takes a thousand billion to equal a, tra to equal a trillion. And so when you begin to see that and understand that, this thing of understanding why the Bible says the tail of the dragon drew one-third of the stars and cast them to the earth. A third is a fraction. So if you're into, into, into thirds, which is the description of the angels, then you would have 333,000 billion, three times... And that would equal 999,000 billion angels. And there would be one, one billion, one billion thousand angels short of the trillion. And the reason for that would be because some of these angels are co-owned, and that would only represent 1% of the trillion, and they are counted differently than the other, other uh, angels are counted. But that makes the 666 only to be a fraction and not a whole number. Now that's very, very important to understand. And there's a lot of scripture for this. A very interesting scripture, a 
of course, can be found in the book of, of Zechariah. And it's just, it's just absolutely exciting to think of all of the, the revelation that is available in the Bible. It's sort of like the, the translation given in Strong's concordance in a, of the Hebrew in verse 4698. It's called Mihalah. And it's a bell, but it means and equals highway. This revelation of the, of the bells and the pomegranates is a highway for your mind and your spirits to move through the medium of space and pass beyond the mental inconsistencies. Blessed be the name of God. Mi'alah. Hebrew 4698 in Strong's. Wow. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of God. I wrote this morning in the Facebook and said the number 666 will become naked <clears throat> as more manifest revelation strips away more and more of the darkness. I wrote that the Bible is taking wings with the angels who are, pre, who, who are preaching the everlasting gospel in the skies. Blessed be the name of God. And what is in the skies? Well, it was a star that led the wise men to Jesus. And this, this thing is really big about the morning star. Because both Lucifer is called the morning star and Jesus Christ is called the morning star. And it's interesting, there are two different celestial emblems that represent the morning star. One is not a star, it's a planet, but it is a host to a star. The, the planet is a host celestial prop, if you want to call it that, or planet, to the sun, which is a star. But it is also called the morning star because it does shine like a star when it reflects the sun, but it's not the light of its own. Well, we contribute that to belonging to the representation of Lucifer. And the star Cyrus, which is a great, incredible star that shines in the day, morning, dawn, we attribute that and to belonging to Jesus Christ. For you that were waiting for those kind of answers. Now there's a gentleman who wrote, recently has written me, and I'm sure he's listening. And uh, I think, if I'm remembering right, he lives over like in the ne Netherland areas, in Netherland areas. Uh, but I could have that maybe not right. I've got so many people right now that are contacting me, and my memory doesn't 
jive with remembering everything. <laughs> but it was a very good question that he asked. And I do want to get into that maybe even next week. And that was, how could it be that Jesus said that the angels did not know the time of his coming? And the Son of Man, he did not know himself, only the Father which is in heaven. And he, that differentiation between being Christ and not knowing and being the Father and knowing, he, he didn't quite understand. Lord willing, we'll get into that next week, tied into all this information that we're giving. Okay, so back to our, our, le our numbers. And, and I, I, I shouldn't want to uh, scare you away by getting these numbers. But, you know, the Bible says if you've got wisdom and understanding, you need to count the number. You need to do it. So you can be taught this. And I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. And so these are our incredible opportunities. We read to you last week, the pomegranates represent the seed of life that is to be carried into space and to the stars. And the bells relate in the order on the holy garment as a bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate. So, that since the people were told that they were to wear these fringes, and since the fringes relate to space, and the, pomeg the pomegranates and bells also relate to space, then we understand that this relates to scriptures like in Isaiah 51, that we are going to plant the heavens. And it's really, really important to understand what that all means. And all the scriptures that we might think would be not important are far more important than anyone would ever imagine. Blessed be the name of God. And the pomegranates not are, are not only are grow on a bush, but some of them get tall enough to be considered a tree. <clears throat> so, blessed be the name of God. I've got to really move here. Or I'm not going to get to where I'm trying to head. Because I've got some really interesting things I just want to share with you before this day is out. Blessed be the name of God. Whew, wow. So, this White Horse Ministry... Wouldn't it be interesting to be able to ride one of those white horse spacecraft? I would say it would be. And when we begin to get into all these revelations, what the revelation of the directions of north, south, east, and west, which are compass directions, what about the two cardinal directions, up and down? There's a meaning to that for sure. And it all ties together. This whole thing, this whole thing ties together just like the fringes. How that one longer cord or one longer strand or string wraps around the whole 
order and makes a knot. And makes a knot. Wow. And they say, consequently, there are five knots that are made. All of those have n number values because they are incident values. They're not just gematria. They are not just the value of, of a number. They are deeper than that. And we talked about in Exodus 24.10 about this paved, you know, and we gave these other thrones with it. But it's interesting that in Canticles 3.10, the Solomon writes by the Spirit and talks about a, a condition being paved with love. And we think about that scripture in Revelations 3.21. I will grant you to sit with me on my Father's throne. That's what's happening now. You are being invited to sit on the Father's throne of Revelation. Blessed be the name of God. Yeah, scientifically they say that the planet Saturn can vibrate like a bell within the period of a few hours. This is recent science. And it can create a pattern of, uh, of rings and can create density waves. But the earth also can vibrate like a bell and does. So we are seeing that astronomy reveals even in nature the code of symbols. We talked about you know, the, the planet Venus. Well, there are successive inferior conjunctions of the planet Venus that repeat at a very near 13.8 orbited resonance. And the Earth then orbits eight times for every 13 orbits of Venus, consequently creating a pentagramic, P-E-N-T-A-G-R-A-M-M-I-C, pentagramic precession sequence. Uh, don't lose your, your, your seat. We'll just hang in there for now. We don't want to get this thing too complicated. But we've got to take you home to this revelation of the meaning of the strings, the fringes, the strands, the number value of them, the five sets of knots on each fringe, and the meaning of those knots that are made on every fringe, five of them. Interesting that five is sort of a number like apostles, pro prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, hand of God, a hand of God on every one of those fringes. Why? Blessed be the name of this, this revelation. Blessed be the name. Praise be the name of God. So as we move on up into this insight, into this revelation, uh, there are there is just there is just so much 
as we begin to talk about the coils around uh, the rest of, of the fringe and the windings and, and as we talk about how that there is a special dye that creates that blue. So today, the Jewish um, uh, zizit and, and uh, uh, zit t z i t z i t and the um, the the talit or talit um, they do not have the right color blue. So a, lo a lot of of those that are being made have black instead of blue. And, of course, that's not what the Bible says to use. But what is said is that this dye comes from either a snail or some kind of a, you know, special type of uh, fish family <coughs> entity. And that it, it's a dye that's able to be made from that entity, but that particular entity only surfaces once every 70 years. Isn't it interesting that that number 70 comes up? Especially with all the teaching I've been doing about this, the word 70. Wow. And it is said that these windings, the 7, 8, 11, and 13, these windings, have all these different kinds of interpretations that I've shared with you already in addition to meaning for number seven fullness and for number eight transcendence. Just absolutely exciting. Well, there are some, some things that I'm going to be sharing with you next week. Of course, I wouldn't have time today to do it. But we need to look at some things. We need to, to look at them, you know, very seriously. Um, for instance, how many people are aware that when we talk about the mark of the beast, the mark of the beast, but this all started, this all started in the Bible, in the book of Genesis. And the Bible says that when Cain slew Abel, that he became afraid for his life that there would be people that would want to kill him. And so in Genesis 4, 15, it says, And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain Vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain. The Lord did it. And that's spelled capital L, capital R, capital R, sorry, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which means the Tetragrammaton name like Yahweh or Yahweh-El. And then we see in Ezekiel 9, 4 through 6, something else very interesting. Ezekiel 9, 4 through 6. So extremely very interesting. I, I, just, I just get so excited at this, at this word of God. 
that is so full of, of, of riches. But in, in 9 it says, uh, of the chapter of Ezekiel, you know, verse 4, And the Lord said unto him, meaning Ezekiel, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of, well, let's see, no, he's talking to this, I beg your pardon, the Lord was speaking to this man uh, who was clothed with linen and a writer's inkhorn. And um, he said to that man, um, and it's written in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 9, uh, and the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry because of all the abominations, or for all the abominations that are being done in the midst thereof. This thing of the mark is <clears throat> not something that's exclusively Satan. And people need to, to really get into the, these understandings because uh, when they are not in them, then they are really missing out on, uh, on some deep and wonderful meanings that really help a person to understand what, what even is going on. That if you, if you don't know these things, you know, you really can't come into the truth and nothing but the truth because you are so limited. Now, I'm just turning pages of the Bible here because there is just so much to share. And um, there is a place in Zechariah, uh, you know, that it, it talks about the third and the third and it gives an explanation. I preached on this before. And uh, it, it is, is, is so important uh, for, for you to have and to know. I'm going to, to uh, get into that next week as I tie in more about this number 666. And I'm going to really open up that book in a way you've never, ever heard it before. And it will be exciting. But we want to look also at the fact that in Revelation 7, 3 through 8, and you can look that up in the Greek Concordance of Strong's Greek Dictionary, 4972, where it talks about the people of God being sealed. But the word seal also means the same thing as to stamp with a signet or a private mark. So, the translator is not wanting to get people confused between the mark of the beast and the mark that was to be put on the people. And, and these marks that were to be put on the people of God were, were to be put on their, their forehead as well as other, other parts of the body, and, and which was being done by God. And so we have the mark of the beast, which is to, be, to stamp or to mark, but we also have the mark of God, which is to stamp or to mark. And um, we have to get into this understanding of what the voice of these signs are speaking and, uh, and how that um, there is this importance, as I read to you in Genesis 4.15 and, and Ezekiel 9.4-6, about the mark that was put on these various people. And that, of course, is not the whole story, but it begins to, to give you an idea. And as we begin to get into the, to, to the mark that, that, that seals people on the, to the day of redemption, as described in Ephesians 
and, and, and about people being sealed in their hearts. 2 Corinthians one twenty two. And even the book of Revelations, which was sealed with seven seals. And Job 37.7, he sealeth the hand of every man. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at the threshold of a breakthrough. We are at the threshold of coming over to the other side. The Bible says that the disciples had been fishing all night, all day and all night, and are a big part of the night, and they could not get anything. There was nothing. And it just looked like the, the lake was empty, the sea was empty. And Jesus just simply said, go over to the other side of the ship and cast your net. Just over to the other side. Not very far at all. And they cast their net and there were so many fish that came into the net that they almost broke the net just getting the, the net and all the fish out of the water and up to, onto the, the ship. Wow. Sometimes the answer and the truth is so close that the Spirit speaks and says, come on over to the other side. Put your net down here. And when you obey the Word of God, all of a sudden, these incredible revelations begin to open up. And there are so many of them, and they are so beautiful. Well, It's exciting. We want to talk. I haven't been able to get into this thing of the tents of glory and this whole story of the of the tents of glory and how that they tie into the pomegranates and the bells and the cherubims of gold and and the, the fringes and the curtains, how they were twined with lin, linen, blue, purple, scarlet. How these things all were important and how there was a, a tent and the tent had doors and and there was these curtains and all the meanings that tie into a revelation. <coughs> How that in Hebrews Strong's Concordance 6472, it talks about a bell, and 6472 comes from 6471. And it talks about a going, and it talks about a hundredfold rank wheel. You want to have understanding and wisdom? Well, that day is at the threshold for you. That day is just right now, opening up. The wheel in the middle of a wheel the rings that are so high, and how to an extent, I can't tell the whole thing because the 20,000 have not signed up yet, but how the, the zits are made. It's exciting. It's utterly exciting. Are you hungry for the Word of God? Are you hungry to know all of these spiritual insights? Interesting 
it uses the word rib band. R-I-B-B-A-N-D, rib band. And God took a rib from, from Adam's body and he made a woman. And the rib then was to be able to fulfill the word that God had said, multiply, be fruitful. This was to give a new consensus to it, a new exponential potential. It, it had part of the revelation of the deep blue cord of 12 threads of twine. of the windings, of the coils, of the story of the woman who touched the hem, which was the fringes of the garment of Jesus, and was made whole of a 12-year-old disease. Wow. Colossians 2.19 talks about a not holding the head from which all the body of, by the joints and the bands having nourishment ministry ministered are knit together. <coughs> Increased with the increase of God. The blue intertwined rib band has a heaven revelation. God is beginning to prepare people for a lot of insights that are coming. He's preparing to give you wings so that you can flee and get away from some of the negatives that would like to swallow you up and destroy you. This thing about the tent that we're going to get into more. I read this to you before. Psalm 61, 4. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Wow. If that's not a seamless garment. Wow. We talked about this lattice. First Kings seven eighteen twenty and twenty and forty two. First Kings seven eighteen twenty and forty two. <coughs> Talks about the network. This network all ties into the into the fringes. This Revelation sixty-seven thirty-four and sixty-seven uh, thirty-one from Strong's Concordance of the Hebrew speaks about a plate, a wing bosom. We know that. Ezekiel was taken up by a forelock of hair. And that hair is considered to have a revelatory meaning connected to fringe. Well, well folks, so much more I'd like to talk about. I want to go over again some of these things of tongues of the angels and angels on the head of the woman. 
Uh, There's just so much. And I wanted to review last week's teaching, but I just didn't have the time to get into it. But I want to tell you, God is moving by His Spirit. And you people that are not coming on to the Manifestor blog, you are missing out on a lot of really neat information. And if you will write me, Jerry Lee, and I I have my uh, email, is there on my blog section, my internet site. You can write me and ask to become a friend and I'll... I'll you know, make you a friend on Facebook so that you cannot miss out on some of these interesting uh, things that I'm putting out. Oh, blessed be the name of God. Just blessed be the name of God. Hallelujah. So finally, in closing, may God bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he give you peace that passes all understanding. May this peace surround you and heal you and go before you. And may you people today that have heard this message be healed again and again and again until you are so healed that you are a hundredfold healthy. And then I want to thank you people who have helped us financially. We are far from having our needs. But I do thank God every day for what God does provide. And I'm a person that just does not like to ever mention finances. But God bless you all that do what you do. And we have some great things in the making. Bless you so much. We love you. God bless you. Have a great day.